Hey guys, welcome to the Lee Chandler Podcast. My name is Leland Baptist, and today we are going to discuss the opportunities for modern pop investors in or during COVID-19. All right, let's get started. I'm excited about this. This is something you guys have asked me about uh, many, many times. I get asked this on Facebook at least twice a week. So I figured that it's good to go ahead and get on the podcast and uh, answer the question, right? So let's get down to it. So once again, this is going to be for mom and pop investors uh, for residential properties, essentially. I'm going to discuss the opportunities that are available during COVID-19 and then also what to expect post or after COVID-19. So first and foremost, you, we have to know the, the mechanisms, right? The, you have to understand how um, how our economy works when it comes to residential property as a whole. So essentially, like any economy, we have a supply and demand. So you probably noticed that what's been different between today and maybe 2008, 2006, 2007 is that there is not a influx of supply, right? So if you're looking for, um, you know, four units, duplexes, et cetera, et cetera, um, outside of the, the MLS, which is kind of being uh, hawked over, you're not finding a lot of other uh, opportunities there for residential investments. And here's why. You're not finding a lot of opportunities, well, because we have a moratorium on foreclosures. Now, although, well, let me, let's, let's, go, let's go ahead and back up. For those of us who do not know, when COVID-19 took place, um, the government stepped in and for FHA loans, okay, which we'll get into a little bit more um, later, later on, on a different episode. But for FHA loans and other conventional loans, they have, or the lenders or servicers, are allowing uh, deferments, okay? Now, these deferments are different. So most of these deferments are for four months. Some I've seen or heard about being six months, whatever. And here's the deal. Once the deferment is up, it is the expectation that, that the borrower will pay the full amount of money immediately. So for example, COVID-19 took place in February, let's say uh, for whatever reason someone was laid off and they couldn't make the payment for March. And then we go from March to April, to May, and then to June and so forth. And let's say you call and they say, hey, we'll give you a four month deferment and we'll, late, we'll, we'll, we'll even waive a few fees. I say, great, thank you, Mr. Linder, thank you so much. Well, the fourth month pops up or the fifth month pops up. And the lender says, hey, remember that deferment we gave, gave you? I said, yeah, we want all the money due today, and we want it also with uh, with interest. And so one might think, well, remember, Mr. Lender, I was laid off, right? I was laid off uh, in February or March, and I haven't found employment yet. I, I'm not really sure how you expect me to pay you the entire amount. So the lender says, oh, well, we need to pay. Here's the issue that we're having. In a typical economy, where in, in economics we call it a ceteris preris, which is a fancy a Latin way of saying, I didn't say it right, but a Latin way of saying uh, all things being set equal or equilibrium, right? So a typical economy where nothing, nothing crazy happens. What happens is based on your state, whether it is a judicial state or non-judicial state, you will go ahead or, excuse me, the lender, let's say you're the lender, you would go ahead and file to take possession of your property, right? You would file a foreclosure. And essentially, if you're in a judicial state, 
like that of Indiana, um, that time frame could be anywhere from, on average, about six to 12 months, okay? Now, if you are in a non-judicial state, like that of California, um, Ohio especially, we'll use Ohio, Ohio for, as an example, uh, then when I, when I foreclose on an investment property in Ohio, I'm gonna have to wait only 90 days. That is three months to get my property back, okay? So that's a benefit. Here's the issue. Because of COVID-19, many counties still are not allowing uh, full staff, right? They're not allowing outside people to be a part, um, and they're not even taking complaints. So complaints is a legal word for judgments, or not even judgments. Complaints is a legal word for lawsuits, lawsuits, okay? So as a lender, you have to sue someone to get your property back. You have to sue someone to uh, report you know, or to get a judgment. If you're a debt collector, you have to sue someone in court. Well, you can't have court if the courts aren't open, right? So one thing, hint, hint, for, for those of you guys who have uh, judgments, um, it's probably best to go ahead and call those guys or debt collectors or whatever and negotiate. But that's a whole other thing. I just want to give you guys a heads up, okay? Um, so because the courts are closed, they're not taking any filings. So that person who had that deferment with, the, with, with their lender, the lender has no way to enforce as of right now. So what most likely is going to, is going to happen, if not in August or uh, late December or November of this year, or heck, even Q1 of next year, what you're going to find out uh, is that there's going to be a rush to have evictions and foreclosures. And what that's going to do is, based on supply and demand, once those banks uh, take possession of their properties, there's going to be an influx of, of supply, which causes the prices to decrease, right? Diminish, essentially. Now, that's something that's going to happen in the future. In the current, right now, time of this recording at least, we have really low interest rates. Why do we have really low interest rates? Because to keep our economy going, uh, the Federal Reserve, et cetera, et cetera, they want to spur our economy by having people purchase real estate, okay? And to incentivize someone to purchase real estate, they've made rates extremely low. Now to also offset uh, someone who may be struggling, if you have equity in your home, um, then you could capitalize on the current rates and refinance, right? And get a lower rate. And if you have been fired, you can possibly refinance and take some of the money out of your of the equity of your property and use it as a cushion. Because when you refinance, they never, ever, well, it's rare, but anyway, they rarely ask for your income when you refinance. But they do scrutinize the underwriting of your income and job, job activity um, when you're purchasing, okay? Now, the loan that is that is used often because of the, the very small amount that's needed for a down payment is that of the FHA loan. And this would be FHA or FHA 203K loan. Either way, right, doesn't matter. This loan allows you to you as the borrower to put down 3.5% to purchase a property. Um, the underwriting for this loan is that you have to you have to be working your job activity or your uh, yeah your job you have to be on that same job for at least 24 months so two years of work history the more the better 
Um, they'll make some exceptions if you are transitioning from one job to the other, but if it's still in the same field, uh, preferably. Now, here's the deal. It will be great to do that for the low interest rates, correct? Absolutely. But one of the issues is, da -da -da -da, one of the issues is that a large amount of the workforce, the real unemployment rate is really about, uh, I would say 20 to 40% for the real unemployment rate. There's a difference. Someone is out thinking like, no, I saw the unemployment rate was, was 14%. Listen, you first need to understand how to calculate an unemployment rate, and you'll understand. If you don't know how to calculate an unemployment rate, Google it, I'll help you out real quick. An unemployment rate is simply this. this. This might actually make some of you guys upset, but it's the guide honest truth um, actually um, what happens is this your unemployment rate is the number of unemployed people or persons divided by the labor force you may think yeah that makes sense yeah 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 like, okay well here's the deal the labor force is where we get, where it gets a little tricky um, and so what happens is you are considered unemployed if you get fired and you have not found a job within six weeks. After this six week period, six week period of time, you are no longer considered unemployed. Do you hear me? You're no longer considered unemployed. So that means if you were fired February 1st of 2020 and it's June 1st of 2020 and you have not found, found a job, you are not considered unemployed. You just don't exist. As far as the economic equation for unemployment rate, you don't, you don't exist. Okay. So that equation is, is there because it's, it's, it's meant to always show a decrease or a, st or a stable rate for unemployment. Okay. Um, that's why for anyone who's ever received unemployment, you receive unemployment for a certain amount of weeks. I think it's six weeks, um, I believe. Forgive me if I'm wrong, but I believe so. So here's what happens. You can't qualify for FHA loan, going back, going back to the current opportunities. You can't qualify for current FHA loan, right? Because you may or may not be unemployed. So what happens? Well, what happens is Right now, there are a lot of properties that are on the verge of having a foreclosure complaint being filed against them. Right, the moment that uh, the banks are the banks or the, the attorneys are able to sue on behalf of the lenders um, for the properties, they will. Right, the moment they can be in front of a judge, they will. And it's going to be interesting to see how they how that happens if they're going to expedite these if they're going to have you know a thousand files in front of a judge per day all right i'm not sure how they're going to do that and i think there will be some type of uh legal ramifications in the long run if they do try to um move move on the foreclosures quickly like that right without allowing people to have representation that's going to be very very sticky but what that what this does for you as a, a mom and pop investor it gives you a lot of opportunities. You can either reserve your your uh, your cash right now. You can you can refinance out of the properties that you have right now. Set that aside, anticipating the wave of foreclosures coming either the end of this end of this year or the beginning of next year. You can also uh, 
uh, stock aside, you know, some money, essentially, and you could actually uh, purchase property subject to, okay, essentially where you take over someone's mortgage. Um, you could do that. That's super available. Imagine all the people who have vacation properties, um, especially vacation properties. Imagine people who, I don't know, who um, live in Wyoming, but they have a vacation property in Florida or vice versa. They live in Florida and they have a vacation property in Wyoming, as an example. Um, right now, they're probably thinking to themselves, gosh, this is draining my pocket. I really wish I did not have this particular uh, property. Well, that's an opportunity for you. Um, if you don't have a lot of money, you could still use the lease option method where you could find that property uh, and put it on a lease option and you could possibly even uh, rent or lease it out to someone else and still earn a really good return on investment. Your cash cash return on investment is probably be, would probably be infinite at that point. So those opportunities, I'm going to say it one more time, residential opportunities, either wait until the foreclosure tsunami happens to uh, get in the water right now with your with your surfboard and why and ride the many waves that are coming which are opportunities for lease options and subject twos. Um, and what you could also do or something excuse me that also be aware of is this as people are buying homes right now taking advantage of low interest rates right which means that you can now qualify for a bigger house okay so the value of that house or the price that you pay for the house will be higher than what you normally would because interest rates are currently smaller. Once the foreclosures hit, and let's say you buy in a nice area or a middle class area, um, and unfortunately people had layoffs, right? And the property goes into foreclosure, I sold it at a sheriff's sale. Typically on a sheriff's sale, the property would be purchased uh, for pennies on the dollar, okay? Or at a discount, especially if there's an abundance of these at sheriff's sales. Well, if your property, if your new home is around other houses that have been sold or on market for the sheriff's sale or hub zero or whatever else, it's going to drive down the value, the value of your property. And so now when you pay $350,000 for your new purchase, it could be come December or February of next year, that same house, based on the comps, based on what has been sold, uh, it could be that that same house is only worth $50,000, right? Now, now all of a sudden your equity could possibly be under. So it's definitely awesome opportunities available for uh, mom and pop investors. You just have to make sure that you guys are aware of those opportunities. So that concludes the podcast for today. I hope this was very uh, informational. And I hope that it also gave you guys some insight of uh, what to look for. Um, it's opportunities out here for subject twos, lease options, uh, and share of sales in the, in the very, very near future. I believe we'll have a lot more people who are willing to uh, essentially give up, give up their properties and all that good stuff in the forms of subject twos and also in the forms of lease options because they may be overexerted. All right. Thank you guys so much, and I will see you or I will chat with you guys on the next podcast.